And there are times that I have wanted to be a keyboard warrior. I have had a problem with the word normal for a long time. That, you know, we love all our parts. We can only recognize in others what we have present in ourselves. Oh, that's interesting. Hi, I'm Laura. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Kim. This is Nikki. And I'm Louise. Hi, and welcome to the Best Parts Podcast, where we invite you to pull up a chair and think about your best parts, which are all your parts. Please be aware that today's episode may contain some adult language and will most likely include adult content. So please keep that in mind if little ones are nearby. Before we begin this episode, I just wanted to add an extra note for everyone that's pulling up a chair to our discussion today. We're talking about some things that may represent tender places for some of our listeners. I want to invite you to be mindful of what you need while you're listening today. And if it starts to feel like too much, please take care of yourself. We'll be here with you again. And if this is a lot for you to process right now, we are so glad that you're honoring yourself by choosing to join our conversation in a different episode. So much love to you today. So we've been trying to figure out how to start season two since before we finished season one. So very much is happening in the world right now. To try to choose a topic from what feels like an infinity of chaos, which I am aware sounds like a superhero movie and I'm leaning into it. Since we love to talk and discuss and unpack things, we did just that. And we have arrived at today's episode, Dismantling Normal. Does everyone see the air quotes around that word normal? The new normal has now descended into just normal, whatever normal actually is. Really what has happened is adaptation to the storms, literal, figurative, and currently fire-based that are happening around us. And in no way does that mean it's easy or uncomplicated to just get through every day. Things that we accepted as just the way it is no longer hold up to the intense scrutiny of that infinite chaos. Before I jump into questions, I'm going to put this to the group and see if anybody wants to speak into the space. I have an adverse reaction to when people back in March were saying, well, this is just the new normal because I was so resistant. No, this is not going to be the new normal. We're not going to have to stay at home and wear a mask and, and not be able to hug people and have to work from home and figure out all the things. And slowly it's shifted to just normal. And it's, I don't know, I think about myself back in March and now it's, what month are we in? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what month we're in either. (laughs) Like March, October, I don't know. But I just think six months, it's just slowly you've had to change systems and processes and figure out how to, you know, live your life through some of this adversity and chaos that we're going through. Yeah. I don't mind the new normal well, I don't know. There's a, part of it's overused and kitschy now. But I think one of the things that happened for me was I was actually having a conversation with another friend. And I think this was the aha for me as well. She had come to realize that instead of having to work in an emergency, that this was instead of she called it a COVID emergency. So instead of working in a COVID emergency, she was now this was just COVID life. And that really resonated with me more. And that felt better to me than new normal, but COVID life. This is just the world we're currently living in and maybe for quite a while. So that felt better than new normal. Well, and it was kind of battlefield medicine at the beginning. What do we have? What can we use? What don't we have enough of? How do we make this work? Because everybody was running out of everything because in no way would we or were we prepared for what was going to happen. And remember when you couldn't find toilet paper anywhere because people were insane about hoarding toilet paper? Yeah. 
Now I have enough. I have enough. (laughs) Did you get rid of that lavender scented stuff? Yes, I I had lavender scented (laughs) toilet paper. That was the only thing left in the store. So we're good now. (laughs) Yeah, I actually, I have had a problem with the word normal for a long time. And so the fact that it is bantered around so much now of let's get back to normal. I can't wait to get back to normal. When are we getting back to normal? Is this the new normal? It has been really frustrating for me because whenever we talk about something as being normal, there's, that means there's a normative. That means that there is somewhere that we're supposed to be. And I feel like it is very exclusionary. And to me, the fact that as a society, we're so focused on what's normal has not, it it again ignores the humanity and the individualism of what everybody's going through throughout this process and throughout life. And if you have a normal, you have an other, right? Right. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Normal becomes defined by somebody else. So if you're not normal, then you're other Mm -hmm. or even worse, abnormal, don't fit in all of those. Like you said, Kim, like all of those exclusionary things. And in the backdrop of all that is happening with just the pandemic, we're seeing that playing out here in the United States in many, many ways is what is normal, what is not normal, what is normal behavior, what's acceptable behavior. Everything from for our children in schools to what's happening on our streets to racism to wildfires to nothing is quote unquote normal, nor should it necessarily be treated as though there's a baseline because there's not. Well, and like you said in an earlier conversation too, what the fuck even is normal? Yeah. Because what's normal for me is not normal for other people. Amen. (laughs) So to, to continue with this word normal, how has everything that has happened changed what normal is for you? So I know there's been a lot of changes. And I don't have another word for normal right now. So I'm just going to lean into it with y'all. The first few weeks, I even had a part of me that was like, nothing's changed. Everybody else is acting like this is some big deal. And there was even a part of me that was like, oh, I don't get to change. That's too bad. And so for what I found for me was that the first, oh goodness, uh, eight, 10, 12 weeks were reasonably the same. I work from home. I have, I've worked remote for years. And it wasn't that different. There was some things that changed, but to me, life carried on pretty much as it had previously. Obviously, there were changes. If I wanted to have something for dinner and I didn't have it in the house, it wasn't just as easy to, for me because I choose to uh, mask up and do social distancing. It wasn't just as easy as running to the grocery store used to be. So that was one change. But for the most part, it didn't really start wearing on me until July. And then I had a series of events occur. I had some medical stuff. We had a hailstorm come through and damage all the property on our, well, all of the houses and the cars on our property. My mom had a medical event and ended up in the hospital. I started ramping up towards this conference that's actually this week. And it was at that point that it felt like that it was starting to spin out of control. So my normal was good until a bunch of other things like piled on and and it became hellish after that. And it's, and it's been more of a journey than it had been previously since the middle of July. Yeah, I feel like I had a much more rapid <laughs> descend into what the hell is going on because I'm a college golf coach as my full-time job. And you can't be a golf coach from your 
apartment, but that's what I was forced to do. And so right from the beginning, as soon as COVID hit, this, the golf season ended overnight. The team had to all leave their dorms and go home and study from home for the rest of the semester. So I shifted to weekly team meetings where we were like doing, like playing online Pictionary. And then the team went to summer and all of our recruiting, we weren't allowed to recruit. So it was basically just staying at home. And the big thing for me, as you know, I love to work out and gyms are closed. And so I had to shift to doing workouts in like the park. And literally I was doing burpees on the sidewalk <laughs> and the workout group where we're, I'm, I do jumping jacks and lunges and squats in my kitchen. <laughs> so that was the thing for me is just finding the processes of how to take care of myself physically and mentally and emotionally. And so it's, it's turned into workouts in the kitchen and Zoom calls with the team and Zoom calls with my family and happy hours over Zoom. And um, just trying to figure out how to take care of yourself during this. The hard thing for me is whenever you go outside, then you remember. Whenever I walk the dog, you look around and everyone's wearing a mask and it's like, oh, okay, I've got to adjust to this. And so I don't know. I think it's just, for me, it was just trying to find new processes so that I felt like I could not only just survive, but try to thrive through this. Well, even out walking, when I'm out walking Bentley, if there's a sidewalk, one, either Bentley and I or whoever I'm walking towards will walk into the street to create that distance. And you kind of have to like eye contact gauge are you going to move or am I going to move? I have it out here. Yours is coming. So it's kind of a, a new conversation to, to manage that distancing, which has occurred to me the other day and it kind of amuses me. But I, at least where I'm living right now, that's just how we do. Yeah. And you have to learn how to smise. Do you know what that is? Smile. Yes. With can't see your face. Thank you, Tyra Banks. <laughs> yeah, so you don't look like you're about to go like uh, rob a bank because you're wearing a mask, right? You're like, no, I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm smiling. Can you see? It, that, that was a new thing for me. Wait, what was that word? Eyes. You smile eyes. with your eyes. Smile with your eyes. Eyes. Okay. Tyra yeah. Banks started it years ago on what, what was that project? No, model. America's, uh, America's model. Next Top Model. <laughs> Project <laughs> Model People. <laughs> that was like an amalgamation of five different reality shows right. in the title. Oh, it, it's so funny because while you're talking about walking outside, I think for me, on the negative side of what has occurred over the last six, seven months is that I'm the kind of person who loves to see people, strangers. I'll talk to anybody. I'll, and I'm an introvert, but I will talk to anybody. I love seeing people and smiling and creating warmth in the world. And when I go out now, the, the mask wearing rate's not as much as I'm comfortable with, quite frankly, in our area. And we live along the lake. So there's a lot of activity of people up and down the lake and people aren't necessarily as respectful of uh, social distancing space. So it actually creates a lot of anxiety for me. And I have not been enjoying being outdoors like I normally do. There were a couple of times where I was in full panic attack because I couldn't function the way that I felt safely to out in the world. And so that's clearly a big change. On the lighter side of things, our animals at home have changed <laughs> because they're so like, happy. Are you yet? Are you, well, you're still here? I'm confused. <laughs> I have to share with the animals. I have to share with the animals. I saw a meme where 
it, it showed the cat looking at the owner and is like, or the dog looking at the owner saying, oh my God, I knew he loved me so much. He quit his job to spend his life with me. And then the cat looks at the owner and says, I knew that asshole would get fired. <laughs> uh, that's our life. We have yeah. two cats that keep looking at us like, um, our, why are you here? But dog is like, this is cool. Can we play again? <laughs> Louise, how's Buster doing in Canada? I'm curious. I feel like Canada is a little different than what we're, we're doing with down here. Well, yes and no. I mean, I think what's going on in the United States right now, there's threads of it that are happening everywhere and maybe not in the same way. But yeah, it's interesting. I will say that. COVID hit me a little bit differently here in Canada and, and where I am in Canada. I feel like for me, it's like watching a movie with the border being closed, I almost imagine like this big movie screen. And here we are in Canada and we're just watching what's going on in the United States, except what's happening is happening to humanity. When it all first started, it was like, oh, that's interesting. And then things start to get closer and closer to home and we have more and more cases. And for me, my life didn't change that much when it started. It's, it, it felt like it was more like, uh, a leak instead of a flood. And now all of a sudden here I am quite deep in the muck and I, I'm not really sure how that all happened. And Sarah, you said it really hits home when you step outside, like what's really happening. And that's how I feel too. Like I'm okay until I'm not. And it's such a off and on switch. It's not like this gradual flow slowly uh, over the months, more and more things get piled on. I feel like there are days that I, I'm handling it and it feels great. And then there are other days that I have panic attacks in the grocery store. It's, it's like that emergency. I can do anything in an emergency. I got the first aid kit. I know exactly what to do. Let's make sure everyone's looked after and, and let's go. That's exactly how I handled COVID. I got the first aid kit. Let's right. Let's have everything that we need. Let's make sure everyone is looked after. And that's great. Except now we're not in an emergency. This isn't something that gets fixed in a very short period of time. We've entered into something that is going to have lasting effects. When we talk about going back to normal, we don't go back from this. We don't go backwards. We only go forwards. So to get stuck in the mud, to say we need to go back, I think we're just doing ourselves a disservice when we talk about going back. It's like waking up to so many things you're not aware of, all of the things that aren't working that were just accepted as part of that, air quotes again, normal, because so much has changed. And it's not just from COVID. We started with wildfires. We're currently in more wildfires in a different part of the world. And there have been so many things in between there that have fundamentally changed even the words we use in the world. Completely. The way we talk about 2020, it's like, of course, this is happening. It's 2020. What else could, is 2020 going to throw at us, right? I feel Everybody like knock on wood after that. Do not say that out loud. Did you really just say that? Never say that. Um, I just want to circle back to, to something Louise said, and I think it's the most Canadian awesomeness thing to say in response <laughs> to a national or a worldwide crisis to say, well, that's interesting. That's <laughs> totally like the <laughs> nicest way to respond to what's happening. And I just, I couldn't let that go. I, I just, 
I love that. So thank you for being being Canadian and having being a part of our group. So I saw a funny joke since you mentioned what else? It's 2020. It was a cartoon and it was the little gray aliens. And the guy was like, come on, it's 2020. It's October. We're up next. And the, <laughs> the aliens were all scared of them. <laughs> The thing is, I think none of us would be too surprised. Be surprised, right? Yeah, we're kind of like, yeah, that sounds right. Seriously, that sounds right. right. Yeah. I was thinking, like, where could I house an alien right now? Because I would do it. <laughs> I wouldn't blame them for being too scared to come here right now, though. Right. Amen. Like, the whole thing. It would have been funny maybe four months ago. Like, ha, 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 yeah, sure. Because we didn't have murder hornets yet. We didn't, you know, all these things that hadn't happened. It would have been hilarious. And now we're just like, yeah, that sounds like the next thing that's going to happen. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I find it, you know, how we here just today talking are handling some of the emotions and the, the things that are coming up for us is uh, we have these moments of serious talk and how we're all managing or not managing. And then we break into laughter. And I just, I love that, you know, one of the ways that we have been able to manage through this really chronic crisis, I guess, that we're all in, in whatever capacity that looks like for each one of us in a different way, it is that laughter. It's that somehow we're able to reconnect with ourselves through that. And, and I think that's great. Well, and that is a great lead into my next question, Louise. We're very big on being in our integrity. And so recognizing that everybody has different standards of personal integrity for their own selves, how do you manage or cope with situations where somebody else's integrity or boundaries are different and perhaps even different in a way that violates what yours are. Okay. Whew, let me jump in because this is <laughs> everybody taking a breath. <sighs> so I, li- I am privileged to live on a lake and very close to our house. It's a common area. It's a place where there's a, it's a boat ramp area where people can go drop their boats in, et cetera. It's a very nice facility. And I walk over there in the mornings. What I'm noticing is more and more trash. And there's a part of me that gets really ticked off about that. Why the hell would you like throw trash into this beautiful space that somebody has created for you? So I had a part say, oh, well, maybe they just feel so out of control about their lives. That's the only thing they can do is throw trash. Because I remember I lived in Minnesota when Nikki, you'll probably remember this. I think it was when the federal government shut down and that closed all of the roadside facilities and people were defecating on the parking lot. And I'm like, what is wrong with people? So I had a similar response to this trash that's suddenly building up in this beautiful public area near my house. And I start telling a story about it. Oh, maybe that's all they have left. And I thought, no, maybe there's another part's like, no, maybe they're just assholes. (laughs) And so I don't know what the answer is. I don't know why people are suddenly dropping trash everywhere. Part of me wants to have some compassion for them and say, life is hard right now. People don't have the bandwidth but it is really difficult. People are rude. I mean, I have been snapped at and yelled at. I find myself snapping more, but it is difficult when you're faced with people that don't have the same values as you, whether it's litter or being rude through an email or a chat session. I guess I'm telling stories around what could be 
the situation to try to make their behavior more palatable. Well, and it's, it's hard too, because you don't, you know, they might be out of alignment with their integrity. Maybe they don't usually snap, but maybe they were up all night having a panic attack and they're just currently at their wit's end and they just need something or that's the pressure valve for them at the moment. It's hard to stay in your integrity, have grace for people who maybe are or are not in theirs because you don't know them. And it just kind of ups the challenge volume a little bit. I will say thank God for parts work because I was able to stay in self-energy yesterday. I can sit with those parts that get triggered because somebody was making assumptions. It's all about the assumptions, right? It's all the assumptions. It is about the assumptions. What I hear, and I could so resonate with everything Laura was just saying, that I hear her trying to have compassion for other people and being super frustrated and pissed off at other people. And that's exactly where I have felt like I've been at times. Now living in, I'm actually in Seattle now because I came up here to get away from the San Francisco smoke, but now the smoke followed me. So that's fun. You have Seattle smoke now. (laughs) Yes, you can hear it in my voice. But like, you know, when I am in San Francisco, people in San Francisco tend to do the same thing. I, I very rarely see someone without a mask on. We have different um, rules and limitations and guidelines. And then I get online and I look at people on the East Coast in like North Carolina who are my friends who are like at a party with 30 people not wearing masks. And that's where I've had to adjust and remember that Sarah pre-COVID would never get aggressive towards someone for doing something differently than me. And there are times that I have wanted to be a keyboard warrior and be like, where the hell is your mask? Why are you, you know, and I have, I have yes, I have. <laughs> that's a great, yeah. I have backed off and just been like, that's how I've stayed in my integrity is Sarah pre-COVID would never have started an online fight with someone. So I think that's how I've stayed in my integrity is to take a breath, try to have compassion, know that people have different rules in different states. That self-check-in is important. Absolutely. I try, because I'm not saying that I'm always successful. I try to believe that everyone is doing the very best that they can with the resources that they have. And that stems from, right, from financial resources to information to mental and emotional resources. And when I can lean into that, I feel like I am able to get through my day uh, a little bit more. Some days I only have enough energy to look after myself. And so when I see things like you're saying, Sarah, when I see things go on that feel really out of alignment with my beliefs, I don't always have the capacity or the energy to believe they have the resources because sometimes that's what it takes. It's tough. And I think that for me, what I'm able to do one day to stay in my integrity, I'm not able to do another day. And do I fall out of integrity? Absolutely. Do I find myself uh, upset and vocalizing how I feel about people not wearing masks or an injustice that I feel is really unfair? Absolutely. I don't stay quiet and I don't always understand why people do what they do. I just try my best. Yeah, I very often don't understand why people do what they do. And this isn't new since COVID. <laughs> it wasn't like COVID came and all of a sudden like, oh, You just got confused. Are, why are people suddenly acting so strangely? It's, <laughs> it, what? What, right? I know, I don't before, I don't know. So, you know, to, to what's been said, I feel like for me, 
there's a whole lot of going back to the idea of humanity. We're all human beings. We're all doing the best we can with what we have. And whether it's COVID, whether it's the political climate here in the United States right now, as we're approaching the election in particular, it, we're talking about what's happening across the United States and in some of our cities in particular, that it's really painful to see. And while I am an activist for sure, I also believe that getting angry and staying in a place of anger in yeah, anger is not the right word because I do get angry but when if I get divisive if I become a keyboard warrior which I <laughs> love that as well me too I feel like I'm doing a disservice to the other person I feel like I need to approach people as another human being and very often it's not met the way that I would want it to, but at least I feel like I'm staying within my integrity. I'm staying where I feel like I can go to sleep at the end of the day, knowing I showed up today, how I wanted to for myself, for our daughter, for our family, for our community. And there are days where it, it absolutely gets thrown in my face that people think differently than me. And I just have to live within what I believe to be right. And what I believe is right is that all of us, all of us are doing the best that we can. I very much agree with what Louise just said. And every person is a human being. And sometimes we don't have control over the fear that has taken over us and caused us to behave in ways that make us not see the other humans around us. Well, yeah, because if we're speaking to somebody out of fear or in a panic, and they have a different point of view than ours. If we are very much in that panic mode and that fear mode, it can come across very aggressive and confrontational when perhaps from their heart and assuming good intent is they're trying to save you in some way or help you in some way because they think what they have is the right answer or the best answer, or they see something that is serving them and it doesn't serve you. And it comes across very aggressive. Yeah. How dare you not see what I'm trying to do for you? And I think we take that sometimes as a sign of hate. Oh, you're different than me. So I hate you and I need to convince you to change. And that is the case sometimes. I'm not going to say it, it never is, but sometimes I genuinely think people are doing it because that's what they feel is best and they want what is best for you. And it doesn't come across that way because we are in a divisive space. Can I just say to Kim that I've only known you basically since COVID. <laughs> Nine months. That. Nine months. Yeah. But I've actually feel like Kim has modeled really, really great online behavior. It is so obvious what Kim is passionate about and she's so respectful in how she says what she's thinking. And I've actually, I've used that as a model for myself. I'm all, I, I used to be the person that posted all the stupid political things back in 2016. And I, I've stopped doing that. I've only put up positive messages or things that I think are, are not divisive, but are going to help people maybe see what I stand for. And I've seen Kim do that. And Kim, I've seen you wrestle a lot with a lot of the things going on. And I think you've, I just want to say, I think you've approached it beautifully. And, and I feel like you've really shown a lot of integrity and it's really helped me. So just, I just wanted to say that. Oh, thank you, Sarah. Well, I'm going to pile on Sarah there too, because I think what I've seen from Kim, which is what changes my mindset in this, is that she does it from a place of love. 
She's not doing it to cram stuff down people's throats or to be confrontational. She does it because it's her heart. Well, and I, I have a wicked mean, angry streak. <laughs> and, I, and I know that about me. So I have to, I mean, I could lambast and I have, I've lived in that place and I didn't like myself that way. And I was unhappy and I always felt anxious and I was depressed and I, there was daily tears and disembodiment of my feelings. I didn't actually have control of, and I don't mean control in, in like, be in control of your emotions because I don't believe in that, but I didn't have control of myself. I didn't have control over my thoughts. And it became a whirling dervish where it was just picking up speed and gathering everything around it and bringing, I guess, more like a tornado where it's actually pulling debris in with it and getting worse and worse and worse. And I finally got to a point where I was like, I don't want to live this way anymore. So it is, it, thank you for noticing in particular the intentionality and the struggle because it's real. I am pissed off about a lot of things that are happening in the world right now. But if I start name calling, if I start saying that somebody is wrong or bad because they believe differently than me, then I'm giving them carte blanche to say that about me. It's really the difference of you don't want to shut down your emotions, but you want to be able to process them and not act from them. Because if you're acting from that anger, it's a whole different awareness than saying, I'm angry. I'm pissed off. What am I going to do here? And to have that space to, yeah, you're, you are angry and it's motivating you to act, but it's not the emotion of anger that is driving you. Yes. Because yeah, that's where you don't feel okay afterwards. Exactly. You know, Nikki, you were in my head right there when you said you were talking about feeling the emotions. And I, I literally just wrote a note about Brene Brown to say it, where she talks about you can't selectively suppress emotion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's important is during this time, things are difficult and it's okay to be angry and sad and frustrated because you need to, to process that to be able to get to the joy and the happiness and the acceptance and the love. And that's just what that made me think about. And I think about what Kim was talking about is you have to, it's okay to be angry about what's happening. I, for me, it's not okay to act out towards others with anger. You have to process the anger and then act. So, Well, because that emotion wants to move. Yeah. If we squish it down, it gets compressed and eventually it's going to explode in some way, whether that's as a keyboard warrior or screaming at somebody at an event or yeah. it will come out some way if you're not letting it move through you. What is an event? Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> and I, I love and hear and appreciate what you're saying and putting into the space, but you know what? Sometimes I am an asshole and that's what I want to speak into. Yes. Processing emotions. Absolutely. But we learn how to do that. And some of these emotions for many, many people all over the world are brand new. Sometimes I feel like there are emotions I have, I can't even name because I've never even felt that way. So I don't even know how to process it. What I am aware of is, you know what, it's like, uh, you know, I was an asshole today. I will admit it. And tomorrow I will do something differently. I I, I feel like, yeah, of course I want to live in integrity, but you know what? Sometimes I don't. And you know what? That's okay too, because I take pause to say, hey, that wasn't, that didn't feel great for me. Maybe I don't know exactly what's going on with those emotions that are so new, but I am willing and I'm curious enough to figure out what that is. 
of course I want to show up in the world in the very best way, but sometimes the best way is at that moment for me, I'm an asshole. Well, life isn't kumbaya, right? You can't, yeah. you can't sit around the campfire and sing kumbaya all the time. Of course, we're humans and we make mistakes and, and please don't take what I said to mean that I'm never an asshole. Cause I sure shit am. But I, I check that integrity, like you were saying, Louise, as to when I wake up in the morning, I get to make that choice. You know, like we talked about in season one, when we wake up in the morning, we get to make that choice for that next day. Well, and the simmering emotions that you don't always know are there, that all of a sudden that asshole volume gets turned way up and you're like, whoa, (laughs) where did that come from? And then it's kind of an opportunity to maybe investigate because I know I had some anger simmering that just exploded on somebody and I caught myself and thankfully I've got to apologize right there because it was a stranger who I didn't know and I couldn't have gone back to make it better, but it just popped up, had no idea it was even there, but looking backwards and investigating, I was like, yeah, it was just simmering there waiting for that valve to open and go. I'd like you to invite my husband onto the show to, to <laughs> have a conversation with him about when my valve blows because the look on his face is priceless. He's like, where the fuck did that come from? Like you were just quote unquote normal and now you are a she-devil. What is happening? Well, you know, I would say that's a part, right? Oh yeah, yeah. totally For a part. Sure. So is there anything that you have added into your day, your time or your space that has helped you to create the calm? Or maybe there's something that you removed or let go of to support you during this time right now, because we've talked about a lot of challenges and we've had some time to adapt to this now and build in some supportive things or let go of things that weren't being supportive. I live on the West Coast. My dad and my sister live on the East Coast. And so, and I've lived here for three and a half years, but because of what's happening, we've actually made a greater effort to connect as a family. So I think that's one thing I've added in is realizing how important connection is during this time, because I'm used to going out like Kim and talking to strangers on the street and stopping and saying hi and letting them pet my dog. And now you have to walk around cars to get away from each other. And so connection has been something that I know is really important to me as a, a big extrovert. So every Sunday, my dad, my sister, my nephew, my wife, and I, we do a little Zoom or a FaceTime like hour. Sometimes we play that online Pictionary again. Sometimes we do would you rather game. Sometimes we just sit and talk. And that has been a big thing that has helped me is to just make sure I'm connecting with the people in my life that really matter and that I love because I'm not going back to New York for the first time in my life for Christmas this year. And I'm not going to see my family for over a year because I'm not getting on a plane. (laughs) And so I think connection has been the one thing I have found a way to add into my life in a different way. I think we can all agree with that, at least on some level, that is a piece for us. At least the five of us here right now, I can't speak for the whole world. <laughs> you <sure>? can't? <laughs> I try not to. I try real. When I no, say everybody, I, I'm mindful of not everybody <laughs> in the world, but yeah. Yeah. For me, Sarah, you touched on this earlier um, in the episode is, For you, it was finding ways to still find those things that you needed in your life, the workout and even that connection, you you need that. So you just, you find new ways to do those things that are important. 
And for me, it's finding those threads of who I am and what I need. And maybe I didn't look at them as threads necessarily before because it was just there. It was, it was plentiful, but now it's a little more intentional and, but I feel like I'm finding ways that are part of those threads that are part of who I am that are important. And it's small things because we can't do big things when we talk about self-care or like you said, right, working out. Sometimes it's not a, a big event or a, or a big thing that uh, we can do, but it's just finding those little ways, those little things, those threads that are important. Yeah. Anybody who follows me on, uh, personally on social media knows that I've been counting the days since March 13th, which was the first day that we came into staying at home. And we are at day 185 as of the day that we're recording this. And keeping track of those moments of joy has been something that I get to the end of the day and I'm like, crap, I don't have any pictures. What actually happened today? Did I get up from my desk? I don't know. But I'll go back over the day, even if there's not a picture, I will figure out what was that moment of joy. And it's a practice that I started with our daughter years ago with bedtime routine of what are you grateful for today? What do you appreciate about yourself? What is it a do-over that you'd like to do either because it's uh, was something challenging that you'd like to do better or because it was particularly good? And then the last question is, what are you looking forward to tomorrow? And so that count up, <laughs> it's not a countdown, but a count up has been really helpful for me because I do go back and I look at it and I, and every day I have that check-in for myself. So I think for me, some of the things you guys have already said, the connection is huge. At the time of this recording, we're moving into fall and I suffer from seasonal affective disorder and I have strategies that I've used for years to deal with it, but I feel like with the pandemic and the social injustice and the upcoming election, I need even more support. So I've actually created a group online to help me up that support with like-minded people. And like you also mentioned, what I have with you all is so incredibly important. So I definitely think people should find a group of people that you can hang out with on um, Marco Polo and have a place to vent, have a place to celebrate, et cetera. Come up with a name that makes no sense for your group. Exactly. <laughs> And, and the other thing I will kudos to Sarah, I had coached with her about adding movement back into my life and that now I have to do it every day. It's interesting because the thing Sarah did was help me understand that exercise does not have to look like a certain thing. It can just be any way that I can move my body. And then the other thing that I do that I never miss is my morning meditation and morning gratitude list. And those things are, are the things that I would protect at all costs, sleep, movement, connection and gratitude. Well, and for me, I agree with everything everybody said, because those are the kinds of things that have definitely contributed for me as well. But it's also finding what I need to have some stability or pause points during the day. If I'm overwhelmed, if I'm having a headache that lasts for three days, maybe it is time to text some people and say, I'm really sorry, I need to lay down because moving my head is excruciating. When I hit those points of overwhelm or big emotion to lean into what I need right there and to trust the people in my life to love me and hold me and say, it's okay, we can change our time. It's okay, please take care of yourself. I want you to feel better. That's important to me too, because I don't like doing that. I don't like canceling. I like to uphold my commitments, but also 
being mindful of, I really need to take care of myself right now because I am bottoming out and to trust that it is okay to do so. Hey, Nikki, is it time for the lightning round? It's time for the lightning round. (laughs) Do I get to do it this time? Kim, it is all on you. I'm so excited. (laughs) This was not scripted or rehearsed in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) It actually isn't. (laughs) All right, everyone. The best part of staying home. Cuddles with the dog. Oh, that was mine. We can both have it. Okay. Leggings all day, every day. Or the pants are optional oh, some days. Yeah. Well, uh, here in Canada, yeah. <laughs> no, it's leggings right now. <laughs> leggings and layers. The best part of family pets. Cuddles with cats. Aw. Harvey has just become my little sidekick, and he follows me everywhere, and I feel loved. Aw. Buster? Oh, sorry. Go I, say, I don't know how to answer because, like, it's all the best, and it's all like the biggest trials. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> on both sides. <laughs> I just say Buster agrees with everything I say. <laughs> I love it. That's so totally amazing. Like that. <laughs> no, our animals for sure don't agree with that. I uh, see. I think the best part of family pets are the voices. There you go. <laughs> or what, how they respond they to you, what they say to you. I get to make yeah. up what he, how he responds. Oh to yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And sometimes they are real assholes. <laughs> <laughs> they clearly would like to be the keyboard ninja. We're having a very sweary episode today. I was going to say, this, uh, this episode is brought to you by assholes. <laughs> I hope, I mean, I hope not, but there's parts of all of us there, right? That's right. Woo! All right, so I'm going to go from that to the best part of Zoom meetings. Not wearing pants. Exactly. I knew that was going to be exactly. the first one. That they happen more frequently and I get to see people I haven't seen in a very long time. I love the green screen, the fake backgrounds. I think they are so funny because sometimes you can't tell. And then other times you're like, oh, wow. You're not um, in front of the Taj Mahal right now. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> you're not there. But it's fun. I like it. So in my world, I see children using Zoom all the time, and it cracks me up that they know Zoom better than the adults. I mean, <laughs> no, you can't sit there. No, you need to lean back. Oh, you're muted. <laughs> and like, they're aware of themselves on Zoom. Like, they know not to stand up without pants on. Right, right. <laughs> Un- unlike other people. <laughs> grown-ups. So-called grown-ups. The best part of knowing yourself. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> a crooked sound it? effect right there. The best part of knowing yourself. That's a deep one. Yeah. And usually I'm the first one to jump in and I'm speechless. Wow. Kim gets the gold star for today. <laughs> we had to see it sometime, Sarah. I've never known you to be speechless. Okay. Well, then I'm going to talk. So <laughs> I think. <laughs> I'm just going to say think stuff it's... then. <laughs> The best part of knowing myself is knowing how I can help others. Nice. I, I think for me, the best part of getting to know myself, I'll throw that caveat in there because I feel like it's a journey and not mm-hmm. a destination, but it's really around the ideas that it's kind of an all great big giant experiment. 
and it's okay to try things. I think for me, the best part of knowing myself is learning who I am at any given moment. And for me, the best part of knowing yourself offers a place to, this is going to sound so convoluted, (laughs) a place to operate from. So when I know who I am and what I stand for, I can operate from that place instead of just letting the winds blow and being like, oh, let's try that. It gives me a more steady platform to be able to try different things and experiment within that. I think the best part of knowing myself, I'm going to take this in a parts work direction, how shocking, is that being in self actually makes me a calmer individual and recognizing that I think it kind of actually goes back to what Nikki just said. It gives me a stronger base. And it's interesting to start to understand that the things that I used to react to, I don't react to anymore. And it's because I know myself better now. One could say there's less assholery. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking assholishness, but I like yours too. Assholery. Yeah, you're coming up with some, some zingers today, Sarah. For the record, Laura, I've never thought you were an asshole. I think you're amazing. I, I have a part that's an asshole. There's no two ways about that. Fair. <laughs> I'm totally okay with that. We can only recognize in others what we have present in ourselves. So right? if you see other people <laughs> as an asshole, it's in there somewhere. Amen. I don't have a problem with that. I don't, yeah. there's, I, you know, we love all our parts. And that's right. Yeah. Yep. Even the assholes. Even the asshole parts. All right, so number five, the best part of deconstructing normal. Recognizing that there really is no such thing as normal. Doing burpees in the kitchen. (laughs) That's what What? I do after I eat too much. (laughs) That's a different kind of burpee, though. It is in the kitchen. (laughs) What was the question? I remember this one. (laughs) The best part of deconstructing normal. What I hope for anybody listening is that they start to realize that there's no such thing as normal. And so there's no reason to be othered. We're all perfect as we are. Yeah. I, and for me, when you take that word apart, it feels very present. Like here we are right now. We don't need to go backwards. We don't, right? We don't need anything other than what we have right now. And the best part of that for me is the possibility for true inclusion. Mm. This just feels like a podcast group hug. I I was thinking (laughs) podcast group hug. It just feels very snuggly to me right now. So on that note, this ends today's episode Thank you to everyone that pulled up a chair and joined our conversation. And if you had to step away for any reason, we're proud of you for honoring what you need right now. One more quote for the superhero time of infinite chaos. Fate whispers to the warrior, you cannot withstand the storm. The warrior whispers back, I am the storm. You get to decide if you want to be the chaotic out of control storm that destroys everything it touches, or if you want to be the kind of storm that waters the fallow fields and nourishes humanity. We can't choose the things that happen around us. We get to choose how we respond or if we respond. It's our responsibility to be an intentional choice, especially during infinite chaos. We see you. We love you. And until next time, remember, all the parts are the best parts. Bye for now. 
Thanks for joining us today for another episode of The Best Parts Podcast. If you like what you heard today, we would love it if you would share this podcast on social media or with anyone else you think would enjoy it. After all, sharing is caring. And be sure to leave a rating or review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts, as it helps others find us. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at The Best Parts Podcast, or head over to our website at thebestparts.podbean.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, remember that all the parts are the best parts. <laughs>